0: But I remember driving in New York, sitting in traffic on a bridge. We really couldn't go anywhere. And it was back to back. I think there was somebody coming from behind, trying to get in front of me or something like that. I just remember the guy getting out of the car and screaming obscenities at me and getting out of the car because his car was in front of me and screaming. I won't even repeat what he said, but just these expletives. And I was just, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I really thought that I was going to, like, he was going to throw something (laughs) Welcome back to Drive With Us, a podcast where we
1: explore driving cultures around the world by bringing on a new guest each episode to talk about the crazy things they've experienced on the road, who they are as drivers, and how they became the driver they are today. I'm Bhavneet. And I'm Taryn Jeet.
2: But before we get into who today's driver is, we do have a little quick car keeping. <laughs> yes. If you would like to help support your two favorite chauffeurs, aka your two favorite podcast hosts, well, have no fear because there are so many ways you can help support us. And feel free to forward past this if you're like, I just want the driving stories, give me those crazy driving stories. It's okay, go ahead. But if you're still listening and didn't fast forward, thanks for sticking around. As indie podcasters who wear many hats to make this podcast possible, we are working around the clock between our three-hour round-trip commutes, working a full-time job, and also podcasting. As a result, we sacrifice a lot of our time so we can create this podcast. And no, this is not a way for us to make you feel bad or feel pity for us or anything. We just wanna be fully transparent and be honest with you guys so you can have a little behind the scenes of what makes this podcast actually happen. So if you're like, okay, well, what can I do to help support my favorite show? Well, we're glad you're asked. For the price of absolutely free, you can help spread the word about our show by simply sharing it with your friends and family. It truly does help us. And if you're like, well, I want to provide more support than just simply sharing your show, well, you can become a patron on Patreon or buy us a coffee by searching for our show Drive With Us podcast. And by becoming a patron, you get lots of extra fun perks like a D-Wop sticker or air freshener our episodes one week early, and lots more. Check it out! Let's get into today's driver. Today's driver is Nazreen Ahmed, a life and grief coach whose passion for adventure and for living life on her own terms has been present all her life, but was sparked into a full flame fire when her sister passed away suddenly in 2013. After the experience, Nazreen became committed to helping others reclaim their life after grief and fully living a life they love. Nazreen is now married and recently became a mother to a beautiful baby girl. Her family is based in New York City, but together they travel the world While Nazarene continues to coach and pursue her passion. Nazarene shares with us about the time her cousin reversed down the highway in Cairo, she rear-ended a truck, scratched a friend's Volkswagen Bug, and ran into a cross-dresser in Nebraska. Let's meet today's driver, Nezreen Alman.
1: Welcome, Nazarene. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank
0: you for having me. I'm really excited about this.
2: I'm super excited to hear all your stories, especially since you've shared with us a little bit of a bunch of stories. So I'm excited to hear them all. Let's start with what you would say is one of your most craziest driving experiences.
0: I I have actually driven cross country uh, round trip three different times in my life and each time had its own quirks and adventures and different stopping points but one of the most memorable things that happened to me was actually in Nebraska so I stopped late one night after the end of a very long day of driving and I'm walking into the hotel I get checked in and they they kind of direct me where to go to to find my room and as I'm walking down the hallway towards my room, there's a man, a cross-dresser walking down the hall and he gets startled and I get startled. I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm I'm, sorry. Like, I don't know why I apologized, but I was like, I'm sorry. And he was like, no, 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 it's my fault. He's like, I don't normally dress like this. And then he goes into this whole story about how this is his first time and it's like his wife's clothes and he bought these shoes online. And I was standing there with my luggage exhausted and I had no idea what to say. I was just like, oh, well, you know, good for you and good for you for trying it. Like, I was just such a... A funny and awkward experience for both of us. I don't know why he didn't think that people would be walking up and down the hall, but it was late. It's a small town. Maybe he thought everybody was asleep. But yeah, I just remember having this, you know, really awkward, but also kind of nice interaction with a man who in, in, I guess he's probably in his like late fifties cross-dressing for the first time.
2: That's really interesting. And I, <laughs> yeah, I can see how that must've been awkward in the moment for both of you. And he's trying to figure things out. But then at the same time you just came into this hotel and you're like, whoa, I wasn't (laughs) expecting this. Yeah. (laughs) After this point, was this the start of your driving journey across country or was this towards the end?
0: This was smack in the middle. So I was driving from New York to San Francisco. Nebraska was almost right in the middle. And that was on the second trip, my second of three cross country trip. I was actually driving as fast as, or, or trying to get there as fast as I could. So I took four days to get from New York to San Francisco. And then I ended up taking five days when I drove back at the end of the summer from San Francisco to New York. So it was definitely like just hauling, 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 trying to get to the destination. But that was probably one of the most unusual things that happened.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Four days to go cross
0: country. Were you driving by yourself? Yeah, it was me and my dog, (laughs) my puppy dog. It was, it's kind of a long story, but I was actually going back for a couple of different reasons to go back to San Francisco, because I had lived there for a few years. And then I moved to New York where I had lived for many years. And then I decided to go back to San Francisco for about a uh, month and a half in the summer. I was really like trying to get there so I could spend as much time as I could in San Francisco before I had to go back to New York on that particular trip there weren't there was not a lot of adventure there was not a lot of sightseeing or anything like that there was no time for any of that overall it was a smooth trip i'm i'm very lucky i had the other two times that i've driven i've definitely taken a lot longer so i had a lot more adventures on those trips it was like 12 hours of driving a day it was exhausting <laughs> there was not a lot of joy and i love to drive but there was not a lot of joy in that trip it really was just like oh my god get there but the first the very first time i drove from New New York, San Francisco, I was I was moving there, and so I took about two weeks. I kept extending it. It was supposed to take a week, and then I ended up taking a couple extra days and taking a couple extra days, and finally I got there in like two weeks. Part of it was just I had never done this before, and there was one day where I just literally just took all these country roads and got off the interstate altogether, and it was so nice to like have that break and to see parts of the country that I would never have seen otherwise. So I definitely prefer being able to take my time and really enjoy our beautiful country.
1: So since you have driven across country and you mentioned that you've lived in both San Francisco and New York, have you noticed any stereotypes or like types of drivers that are prevalent in different regions or different states?
0: For sure. I think there's different driving cultures, just like there's different cultures, right? Like San Francisco is very different from New York. I think that New York is much more aggressive. Certainly there are aggressive drivers in San Francisco, but for the most part, people are friendly. People are, are willing to, at least when I live there, people are willing to like let you in, stuff like that. You know, like I remember actually one day sitting in traffic and I actually like, I, I was sitting behind a, a pickup truck and he had one of those big hitches on the back of the truck. It was just like that big round silver ball. And I actually pressed on the gas before he had started moving. And so I hit his hitch and he just looked in the, in the rear view mirror and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And he's like, okay. And he kind of waved it off and we just went on our way. That would never happen in New York. People would be like, you hit my car, you know? And of course I didn't touch his car. It's a pickup and there's a hitch, but it would be a, it would be a situation in New York. And so I think definitely there's more aggressive driving in New York, and people are much more in a hurry, and it's just a lot more stress especially in the city. Once you get out of the city itself, it's a little bit calmer. And then like definitely other parts of the countries, I took a Southern route once coming back from San Francisco to New York. And I definitely noticed people in general just drive slower. They react slower. So you're sitting at the stoplight and it takes a minute or it takes, you know, a couple, maybe 30 seconds. It takes a, a little bit longer for them to push on the gas to like go. Whereas again, in, in bigger cities, they're like, go, 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 go. It's very different in the, in the South.
2: Yeah, I feel like the East Coast and like, I guess the coasts are more go, go, go. And I have noticed we did go to Georgia once and just going through the Southern states, there's this vast difference in terms of how people drive how they're not always speeding all the time. And we got stuck behind a South Carolina driver once and I was like, wow, <laughs> they're just taking their time and it doesn't matter to them. If they're up here where we are in Maryland, this wouldn't fly. People would be like weaving in and out around you.
0: I have noticed that it's funny. So I noticed that when I first moved to New York, whenever I saw Massachusetts license plates and even driving in the Boston area, they drive so fast. They're constantly speeding much, even more so than in New York. And And I just am always amazed. I'm like, how do you feel safe going that fast? (laughs) I definitely think that there are different driving styles and driving methods. And like you're saying, I know that if I if I drove in Massachusetts now, especially people would be like weaving in and out and honking at me. And I'm assuming that I would be driving way too slow for them.
1: Yeah. So that was going to be my next question. Since you are from New York, you've driven there. And since there is kind of like a stereotype of Massachusetts drivers being more aggressive, Would you say that New York drivers or Massachusetts drivers are more aggressive
0: drivers? That's a good question. I don't know if I can compare them because New York, I feel like people want to go fast and they can't. And that's part of the aggression is that because you have to stop at every block in in Manhattan or in, in Queens, you're stopping at every block. You can't really go that fast. So so people are just trying to constantly get in front of you or trying to make you go fast. Whereas in Massachusetts, from my experience, there's a lot more interstates and like expressways and stuff like that. And so you have that opportunity to drive really fast. In terms of speed, I think Massachusetts is more aggressive, but I think in terms of just trying to get somewhere, even if it's in a confined space. I'd say New York is more aggressive in that way.
2: Of all the states that you have driven in, or I guess you lived in two different states, which do you prefer to drive in?
0: Oh, gosh. Okay, this is a really good question because I absolutely like I love Colorado. I love California. I love Utah and New Mexico. Driving through those states is always a pleasure because they are so... So beautiful. I remember looking out the rear view mirror or the side mirrors when I was just driving down the interstate in Utah and like seeing the mountain ranges and seeing the, the beauty. I just it took my breath away. And there was one time where, OK, so I was driving again in Utah and I was leaving Bryce National Park and it's like this two lane. Highway for a while, and you're just driving through through nothing, and then all of a sudden I I'm, I come on this around this bend, and it's li- it's literally like somebody has taken a curtain and just opened the curtain to this amazing scenery in front of me. The sun was setting, so it's all orange and pink and beautiful. There's mountain ranges, and I literally started crying. I was like, oh, oh my god, because it was so beautiful, and I I I will never forget that image, and I was just so taken aback because a lot of it was just sort of rocks and formation and nothing, and and then this beautiful, amazing image that you'd see on a postcard, or you should see on a postcard. It's hard to say which is my favorite. San Francisco has all of that—the the Highway One going down the coast of California. It's just—it's so amazing. I don't know if I can choose, to be honest. So, are you in the city right now in New York? No, no, actually, I'm I'm traveling overseas right now oh okay
2: i was gonna ask if you were in the city because if you're in the city you probably don't drive as often and if that affected your driving in terms of like you miss it or not
0: I, I actually do drive quite a bit in New York. It's depending on where I'm going. If I'm in the city or if I need to go into Manhattan, I'm not gonna drive. Especially now with COVID, I was driving more while I was there because of the situation. I, I just felt more comfortable not using mass transit and so I would drive a lot. But driving in in New York in general or in Manhattan and like driving in New York City, I should say, is not a very fun experience, to be honest. Again, you're a lot of stop and start. It's a lot of traffic. It's a lot of people who are trying to get in front of you and cut you off and doing random things and people just walking around and then the cars and the bikes and the buses. It's like like a lot of commotion and chaos. It's not a very relaxing, enjoyable, pleasurable experience. But I keep my car (laughs) despite all that because I love getting out of the city and i love driving outside the city i'm definitely grateful for my car so that i could go on hikes and i could go upstate and i could go out of town
2: oh i can imagine i feel like in the city it just makes more sense to take public transportation than being frustrated in your own car and not getting anywhere that fast (laughs) it sounds like you prefer to drive when given the option so have you ever been in a car as a passenger and you felt like it was a bad idea
0: Oh, my God. So many times. <laughs> so many times. I I don't like being a passenger. I like being in control. I like having that because that, it just makes me feel more secure. I know that even though I can be an aggressive driver, I know that I'm a really good driver. I have lots of experience with driving. I don't always trust that other people have that same experience or appreciation of driving. I mean, my, my, <laughs> such an awful stereotype, but my mother, for instance, was not a great driver. And as soon as I could start driving her instead of vice versa, I made sure to. But there was actually a time where, so there's a couple of different stories I could tell, but one of the main ones that comes up was when I was traveling with my dad overseas. We were we were passengers. We had a driver, but apparently this driver had been working all night the night before, and so we were we were traveling about two two and a half hour distance, and he kept falling asleep at the wheel. I mean, luckily there wasn't a lot of traffic, but it was like a highway, and he was driving, and then he kept hitting those rumble strips to wake himself up or to be woken up. And I just remember looking at my dad. I mean, like we're gonna die today. He pulled over at one point and was splashing water on his face, and he had the windows open at some point. And I just remember thinking, this is a, just an awful idea. What are we supposed to do? And my dad was like, Well, what are we supposed to do? He he'll get us there. And I was just, I I can't. I don't I don't know. It is a bad idea. And and luckily, you know, we got there and everything was fine. But I just remember thinking, this is this is the end. This is it. This car is gonna flip over because this guy can't stay awake. So I. I I've had a lot of experiences where I thought that I should be driving instead of the person.
1: That's crazy. Oh, my God. I feel like at one point I'd be like, all right, uh, move over. Let me drive. Just just let me drive.
0: (laughs) I really wanted to. And actually, so I I don't know if you guys have ever been to, to Egypt or not, but driving in Cairo is crazy town. It's New York, but 10 times worse. I was I was visiting family here. 2004, I think, or 2005. And I remember being in the car with my cousin and a, and a couple of my family members and she was taking us, I don't remember where, but she was taking us somewhere. She got on the highway and then she realized after a little bit of driving she realized that she had missed her exit. So she like just stopped, pulled over, she put on her hazard lights and then like reversed <laughs> on the highway to go to to catch the exit. And I remember thinking, I'm going to die now too. Like it was just I was what is happening? It was so scary and cars are whizzing past us like nothing is happening. And I just remember looking at her and I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And she's like, no, no, no don't worry. It's normal here. And apparently it's actually normal. It is It is very common. I saw a lot of other cars doing it and I, I just couldn't believe it. So there is chaos in so many different places. Does
2: that cause a lot of accidents or do people just like, oh, okay, there's another person backing up.
0: I'll just go around them. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I think that it's just normal for people here. I think they're just used to it. And so they're they're not really worrying about it too much. And so I don't think it causes too many accidents. But just coming from the States, and, and especially in New York, where everything is very controlled and, and rigid in terms of driving, I really couldn't believe it. I was like, "What we are, and we're backing up. It's not just, oh, a couple feet. It's No, we're like, she's driving in reverse to get us to this exit.
2: Wow. (laughs) That actually reminds me of a story similar here. I didn't expect that to happen here in the U.S., but a classmate of mine in driver's ed was telling a story of how her mom missed an exit and she did the exact same thing. She just backed up down the highway to take the exit. I did not think that was a thing here, but I guess it is.
0: Wow. That's the first I've heard of that. But yeah. So it's not it's not just in Cairo. It happens everywhere.
1: (laughs) It's just accepted in Cairo.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's the norm there. But yeah, I haven't
1: been to Cairo, but I can imagine it's probably something like other other countries like East Asian countries or like India and all the crazy chaos that is driving.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point.
1: So in Egypt, is it also you drive wherever you want on the road or is it more of people will stay on their quote unquote side of the road?
0: So from what I, from my experience, if you're driving, for the most part, if you're driving on the main roads, on the highways, expressways, you're going to stay on your side of the road. You might reverse, you might, you know, you might randomly move from, from all the way on the left to all the way on the right to like make your exit. That's all like normal. But when you get into the neighborhoods, a lot of times people will just cross over onto the other side of the road to drive because they don't like this side or there's too much traffic or the road has too many potholes or it's not paved, you know, whatever it is they just are like yeah whatever and they just start going into the other lanes or the other side of the road and to oncoming traffic and people are everywhere so they're like constantly walking everywhere it's really common to get hit and hit and runs are really common unfortunately so you have to be really careful as a pedestrian i've seen so many people that will just crawl right up the the driver will go right up against the pedestrian who's walking in the street and give them a little friendly honk and here they go and like or they like veer off to the side so the car can move It, feels even more chaotic than New York in a lot of ways, and, and it's hard to believe that this is the norm. Do you feel safe in that situation? <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes, sometimes, for the most part. Again, because it's so common here, people just deal with it. They just, and the streets are so narrow that they they you know you you have to like pull over so somebody else can go through so in a lot of ways everything I'm describing is just really common
1: going back to the type of driver that you are you kind of hinted at this a little bit earlier but how would you describe your driving style and would you say that your family and friends would describe your driving in the same way
0: I think I'm assertive, so I don't, I tend to not try to be aggressive and get in front of everybody and all that kind of stuff, but also like, so a couple months ago when I was driving in New York, I saw this guy wanting to get off on the shoulder and like just bypass all the traffic, and I was that person in the car who basically got in his way so he couldn't, because listen, we all had to sit in traffic. Unless you have a serious emergency, What where are you going? And so I think that I'm assertive, and I try not to be too much or too aggressive or, or too much of a jerk when I'm driving, but also I try to make it comfortable for my passengers if and when they're passengers. And so I think my friends and family, I think they would agree. I, depending on who it is, like my sister who lives in Virginia would definitely say I'm an aggressive driver, but I think other New Yorkers would probably agree with me <laughs> in, in how I drive or how I'm describing myself.
2: That's hilarious that you stopped this guy from trying to go ahead because hey, we're all here. We all should have a fair. Stay in your spot where you are, everyone. Take your turn, not weaving in and out. We're all sitting in the traffic. That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> I know, it's so bad. I don't I don't always do that, to be honest. But for whatever reason that day I was like, No, where are you going? Who are you? Come on now. We're all we're all in this together kinda of attitude.
2: So it sounds like the New York driving has influenced your driving a little bit. And I know like in the cities, honking is a big part of the driving culture. Would you say you are a honker or do you tend to honk a lot?
0: No, I don't like it, especially when I'm a pedestrian and there's a lot of honking. I really don't like it. So I try to reserve my my honking for when there's a, a situation, when I need to get someone's attention or when there's an emergency, something like that. I'll give a little like friendly tutu, you know, when the, when it's time to go, if somebody's just sitting at the light very clearly not moving. But otherwise, I really try to avoid it if, unless I need it. Well,
1: that's good to hear. Since you are someone, I guess, occasionally that you are like policing and making sure nobody is cutting in front of others. What would you say is your biggest driving pet peeve?
0: Oh my God, there's so many. <laughs> Do I have to choose this one? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> driving in the left lane when you're driving really slowly, cutting in front of people like I was describing with that guy. Not pe- like, okay, biggest pet peeve is somebody who's on their phone or really checked out, not paying attention. Because that's just dangerous. That's just unfair to the people around you, especially when in in New York, it's illegal. And I still, still see people doing it. And I'm like, what is, stop it, stop it. So I think that would be my biggest pet peeve.
1: Oh, I agree with that. Even here, it's illegal to be like texting and driving, but people will even be doing all sorts of crazy things that you wouldn't even imagine. They can't make a law against all this stuff because they probably would never think that people would be doing these things, but they are.
0: Yeah, it's really, I mean, it's, it's unacceptable, as far as I'm concerned. And I I say that with all seriousness, I don't mean to sound smug, but it's just it feels really foolish in so many ways. And driving is a dangerous activity. And if you're not fully present, and if you're not really paying attention, so many things could go wrong so quickly. And to have a device in your hand, and to be looking at that instead of the road, really is irresponsible and, and selfish.
2: So is, I'm going to guess that this is a primary offense, but is texting and driving a primary offense in New York? Because I know some states it's a secondary offense. So a police officer would have to pull you over for something else before giving you a ticket for using your phone.
0: Oh, it's 100% a a primary offense. If they see a phone in your hand, you're going to get a ticket. You don't even have to be using it or you could be using it for navigation purposes. If you're holding it, you're going to get a ticket.
2: Yeah, I think that's the way it should be. But I don't know. Maybe some states just don't have that high of a problem with it or that high of accidents from it That is still secondary offense. But I know here in Maryland, it used to be secondary offense. And then real quickly, it turned into a primary offense.
0: That's great. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I think I'm sure there are some states like in the in the middle part of the country or like southwest where like you said, it's not as populated. They don't have as many accidents. Maybe that is why, but I think it should just be across the board with every state. Hopefully someday we'll get there.
2: Yes, hopefully. So staying on this topic of annoying drivers, have you ever experienced road rage, whether you had it yourself or someone had it towards you?
0: Yeah, actually. Okay. So this was at least four or five years ago, but I remember driving in New York, sitting in traffic on a bridge. We really couldn't go anywhere. And it was back to back. And I can't remember exactly what happened, but I think there was somebody coming from behind trying to get in front of me or something like that. I can't remember exactly what happened, but I just remember the guy getting out of the car and screaming obscenities at me and getting out of the car because his car was in front of me and screaming. I won't even repeat what he said, but just these expletives. And I was just, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I really thought that I was going to, like, he was going to throw something or come up and hit my car or attack me. I was just like, oh, my God, what? I don't want to. And I, I, I just, yeah, I think that was one example that I personally experienced where I was like, this is an extreme example of road rage. This is an extreme case of road rage. Because what I had done or what whatever happened, I remember thinking it did not warrant that big of a response. Yeah, sometimes I
2: wonder, like, is was it truly what you did or Or are they also going through a lot of other things and then they're like, that was the last straw and just this is where I'm gonna take my anger out on.
0: I have to think it's the latter. I have to think that for the most part, this is a very stressed out, very unhappy, very under pressure type of person. And then this is the one thing that's going to set them off. This is one of the things, one of the, the the things that builds up to this extreme behavior. But there are definitely some people that are just in general, they have a short temper, right? Or or a uh, short fuse. So it could be a, a combination.
2: Yeah, I feel like in that moment, I would probably lock my car doors and be like, don't come here.
0: hundred <laughs> percent. Oh my gosh and i remember thinking do i am i in trouble like should i am i in danger should i record this it was it was crazy
1: so now that we kind of know the type of driver you are let's go back to your driving first how would you describe your first time driving experience and who was it
0: with so <laughs> i probably shouldn't share this but <laughs> i started driving before I should, before I was allowed. So my sister, I have two older sisters. One of them, my oldest sister, would take me driving on the back roads of our hometown of Charlottesville, Virginia, before I had my learner's permit, before I had anything. And I just remember falling in love with driving. I was terrified in the beginning. I was definitely terrified. And I think the very first time she just took me around a parking lot. I don't I don't think it was anything. There. I know that it wasn't anything serious or dangerous. It was just around a parking lot. But I remember that feeling of just getting in the car and pushing on the gas and being like, oh my God, I have to stop. Because I was, I was like, we're moving, we're moving. I am the reason we're moving. Um, it was a lot of stop and start until I could get a little bit more comfortable. But yeah, that adrenaline rush of not knowing how to function or how to operate this vehicle and just the sheer power of it I guess this is a massive thing that I'm that I'm doing that I'm operating and I don't know how to do it yet
2: yeah the first time getting behind the wheel is both exciting and scary at the same time especially if something goes wrong you're like what do I do
0: yeah, I actually, so I had a, a friend in high school who let me drive his VW Bug and we were driving in this not quite unpaved area, but sort of. And I remember hitting hitting something with his, or like I scraped the back of his car or the side of his car in the back, I should say, and kind of dinged something in the what's it called that like round part where the the tire is I don't know what it's called but that round part over the tire there was this lining this silver metal that came off and I like messed up his car I was like my first time driving or one of my first times driving and he was letting me drive his car to teach me and I like messed up his car almost instantly I felt so bad I was just like oh my god I feel like the worst driver and the worst friend for doing that to my friend Robbie
2: Was he mad or was he like, it's okay"? (laughs) He
0: was so nice about it. I mean, he he I don't think that he was thrilled by any stretch, but he never he never called me on it. He he was really kind about it. He was like, don't worry, don't worry. It's totally fine. This is fixable. I can just get this fixed real quick, whatever. So he was actually really sweet about it. I don't I don't think that I would now because I love my car so much. If somebody did some anything to my car, I would be very upset. He was much more compassionate than I think I would be.
2: Well, that's great to hear that he was understanding and didn't make the situation worse for you. Because I feel like if you got, I guess if he did get mad, would it have deterred you or made you not want to like get back and start
0: driving again right away? I I do think it would have had a negative effect. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know that anything would have kept me from driving because from when I was very young, I always sort of romanticized it and loved it and wanted to drive. But I definitely think I would have been a lot more hesitant to get back on the road so quickly.
2: So, how would you describe the actual driving test experience?
0: Oh my god, I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I actually failed the driving, the the written test, the first time, so I had to retake it. I was so upset because I so wanted my learner's permit or my license. And I remember my mom being like, "Don't worry, don't worry. You know, you'll do. You'll do it next time." She's trying to encourage me, and I was like no, but then to get in the car with the driving instructor or um, person from the DMV, I just was so nervous. They were—they actually made us parallel park, which is not very common in in Charlottesville, Virginia. There's not a lot of places where you have to parallel park, and I couldn't for the life of me parallel park. I was so bad at it. And finally, the driver was—the uh, instructor was like, "Stop, stop, just, just stop." <laughs> like he was like, it was like seven, eight different tries, and he was like, "All right, you're—you're you're not gonna—I'm not gonna let you pass." So I actually had to go back and do the drive part of it again after I practiced parallel parking. And I got it. But yeah, it was it was really nerve-wracking and frustrating because I was like, why do I need to know this? Why do I
1: need to know this? So do you think that the parallel parking is an important thing that should be on the test or that it should be on all tests?
0: I don't know. I mean, in New York, you have to parallel park and you better do it well or else you're going to ding up your car and other people's. So I mean, I think where it makes sense, if you're in larger cities or larger areas where you need to parallel park a lot, it should be it should be mandatory. Absolutely. I think if you're in more rural areas where you don't parallel park very much, it would be nice to have that taught. But do you need it on the test? Do you need it to be able to drive? I don't know.
2: Yes, I feel like there's a lot of mixed opinions about that because i i don't think a lot of tests actually require parallel parking anymore so i don't know even if in in maryland i know there's a lot of cities here that you would have to parallel park but they took it off the test so i don't know if it's like dependent on if there's a si- major city in the area or if they're just like uh, oh, we don't want to do it anymore
0: <laughs> wow that i had not heard about i'm really surprised to hear that like that even in places where you are or it is necessary to parallel park you don't have to wow yeah I'm, I'm surprised to hear that so
2: talking about the future of driving with the possibility of driverless cars being an option what are your thoughts on this and would you be comfortable getting in this kind of car
0: oh gosh I am gonna answer your second question first. I absolutely want no part of that for myself. I wanna drive, I love driving. I like the control, I want to know where I'm going. I, Yeah, I don't see any reason for me to participate in driverless cars. It just, it doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel like something I'd be interested in. Should it happen? Should it be available? I mean, there are a lot of bad drivers out there. Let's be honest. There are a lot of people that don't really drive well, that don't feel comfortable behind the wheel. I know plenty of people like that. Would driverless cars be a better option for them? Maybe. Maybe that would make things more safe and make things less stressful for them and they could utilize their cars more, more often as a result. But I don't, I don't see myself really enjoying being in a driverless car.
1: I completely agree. I just, I feel like I love driving so much. Like you said that I don't think I would want to have a driverless car because then you no longer have that thrill of being behind the wheel. It's like, I'm just sitting here passively doing nothing.
0: Yeah. I I mean, certainly I will say this. I remember the first time. So when I moved to San Francisco, I, I moved there alone and like, didn't know a lot of people. I was just, I don't want to live in New York. I'm going to come over to San Francisco. And I, it took a while to like, get to know people, make friends, build up a community. And I do remember the first time that somebody else was driving my car and he drove us over the, oh my God, he drove us over the bridge. What bridge? The the famous San Francisco bridge. What's it called? I'm totally blanking. The Golden, Golden Gate. Bridge. Oh yeah, the Golden Gate <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I can't believe what's happened. He was driving us at the Golden Gate Bridge and I remember the sunroof was open and I remember this was the first time that I could really take in the view of the Golden Gate Bridge and the water and the pedestrians and the car. I was just like, oh, wow. And I just remember thinking, this is glorious. Why haven't I let people drive me around? Before, why haven't I had more people drive me over this bridge? So, I do think there's probably something nice about driverless cars and that you could really enjoy your surroundings. But again, I want that experience being the passenger, but not all the time. I, I definitely don't don't want to like give up my ability or my my car, my ability to drive this car and and have this car be a car that doesn't allow for a human driver. Uh, That I want no part of. But there is something nice about being driven every now and again.
1: When you mentioned just sitting there and then being able to see the Golden Gate Bridge My first thought was, wow, you actually were able to see it (laughs) because (laughs) it's usually very foggy. (laughs) And even when when we went, we're like staying
0: there. We're like, where's the bridge? It's supposed to be there. That's so true. It is so true. Yeah, no, I, I'm lucky that I lived there for a little while. So for a couple of years, so I was able to see it frequently. But you're right, there's plenty of times where I was driving and I was like, there's no bridge. What what view? You can't even see the water from here. It's <laughs> And especially now, I know there's a lot going on with, with the weather over there and the way things look. And, and so sending them a lot of love. But it's true, the fog is its own weather system there.
1: Bonus question time. Are you ready?
0: Oh my gosh, I'm ready.
1: If you could make
0: one new driving law, what would it be? Oh my gosh. That's a really good question. Can I say that it ha- like if if you're driving in the left and you're driving really slow, then then that's a reason for cops to pull you over? Cuz like again, that's a really big pet peeve of mine and I think it's dangerous and I think it's foolish and I don't understand why people drive in the left lane if they're if they're not interested in driving quickly at all.
2: I feel like that is a thing in some places. I don't I think New Jersey has this law where like on one of their what is it the toll road I forget the name of it (laughs) that if you go you can only go in the left lane to pass so like no slow cars are in that lane so maybe if this law was just
0: yes I think that's it
2: (laughs) maybe like if this was just applied across the states, then it will make you happier.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I think so. You're right, I didn't think of that. And I know that it's, it's common courtesy to do that, it just doesn't happen as often as I think it should. And so yeah, I think if it was across the board mandatory and a punishable offense, then it might just make things more easy and, and end up making driving a more smooth experience for everyone.
2: I agree with that. Do you have any final thoughts or any tips that you would like
0: to give other drivers? Whenever possible, drive cross-country. See see the Southwest, see the Northwest. Drive down the coast of California. Be safe, be kind and compassionate with other people. You never know what kind of day they're having, what kind of life they're having. And buy really good tires because your tires are much more important than you realize.
2: That's a great point. I feel like tires are not really things people think of when going on trips like i know like they're like oh let's fill up gas and make sure we have everything we need and like i don't know if tires are the first thing that comes to people's minds when they're going for a drive until something happens and they're like oh shoot
0: <laughs> i agree 100% i have had t- i can tell you so many stories about getting flat tires and and i buy really good tires so that it doesn't it doesn't happen that often like i remember i had a friend who had to drive a lot for her work And she was constantly getting flat tires, like at least once a month. And I was like, what kind of tires did you buy? You have to get better quality tires. I think they're really important. So yeah, that would be my tip.
2: Yeah, that's a great tip. So before we let you go, we love to support each other. So where can listeners find you? And I know you have a business. So could you tell us a little about that?
0: Oh yeah. Thank you so much for asking. So I am a life and grief coach. I work with people after a loss, a divorce or an illness occurs, and I help them work through their, their experience and their loss, and then start looking at what's next and kind of creating some big life goals and big life adventures. And so I've helped people do all kinds of crazy things, move overseas and take six months off for driving in a van, living in a van or sailing, sailing around the world, taking sailing trips. So I love, I love doing that. And I love helping people go on these grand adventures in life so people can visit my website at harborlightcoaching.com and there there's my contact information and a contact me page if anybody wants to get in touch
1: thanks again for coming on we had so much fun talking to you and hearing about your crazy diving stories all across the country
0: thank you this was so much fun it was a real pleasure to talk to you both
1: her hitting the
2: hitch of the truck reminded me of our dad's story of accidentally rear someone. Just like he t- lightly tapped that car when we were going through Hamstead. Do you remember that?
1: Mm, maybe. <laughs> we were
2: sitting at a red light and our dad is... Oh, he
1: let go of the brakes?
2: Yeah. So, I think... No. So like our dad is, I guess, notorious. I don't know if that's the word to say, but he tends to let go of the brake before it turns green in anticipation of the green light. A lot of people do that, yeah. So but we were second in line. There was a car in front of us and he did that. He tapped (laughs) the guy's truck. Hey, go. (laughs) On the rear end and the guy like put it in park and came out. And my dad's like, oh my God, nothing really happened. Like what is he gonna do? Right. And he came out of the car, came out to the window and well, first he like checked everything and then he was like, Oh, it's fine. Like nothing happened. More damage was done to our vehicle than to his. Like nothing happened to his. That's li- the one
1: that's the one that bent our license plate. Yeah.
2: Our license plate bent. <laughs>
1: which is So like, it protected the van.
2: <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> that was the only experience I feel like I had of a rear actually, no, I have had a rear end experience, except I didn't do it. Someone did it to me. But have you ever been rear ended? Yeah. Well, okay, so it was more like a hit and run. That's not the same. Uh, it's, you it's a rear end. That's
1: a hit and <laughs> run. That's two different things. You weren't in the car when you were rear ended. No, I almost thought I was going to be, but I, I haven't been in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I was. I feel like I shared this story before, maybe,
2: but okay, this is another coming home from a university story. And I was at a red light. The lady behind me did the same thing that her dad did. And she let go of the brake by accident. And she hit the back of my car. And I kind of jolted. Like, it wasn't a light tap. It was a little bit of a, like, push. Whiplash. It was a little bit of a push. And, like, I felt it, like, in my neck when she hit me. Whiplash. And then I just sat there. And I just, like, wasn't sure. Do I just go? <laughs> Do I no pull over? Do I get out? And I just... Paused for a little bit. Then I was about to go because I'm like, eh, that wasn't really anything. And then I was like, no. And then I put my car in park. <laughs> and then I got out. And I was like, okay, well, what do I do? Like, and she gets out of her car. And I'm like, okay, maybe I go look at the back of my car? Yeah. Good idea. <laughs> so I looked and there's nothing like visibly there. I looked at her car. There's nothing visibly on her car and she comes over and she's like oh my gosh I'm so sorry and she's like I'll pay for everything like anything if there's damages if you need anything fixed I'll pay for it like let's handle this like don't report it to the insurance kind of thing and she was like do you want my contact information and I was like at that moment I was like there's nothing wrong with the car but then I'm like if I bring this home and tell this story to our dad he's gonna be like why didn't you get her information so I was like yeah I think I need to get your information (laughs)
1: uh yeah (laughs) good idea
2: she wrote it well she went back in her car she got like paper and everything she wrote everything down then she handed me her license and everything so i can confirm that she wrote down everything properly
1: wow what an upstanding citizen
2: yeah and then she handed it to me and then she repeated again she's like if you like have to go to the shop and get anything fixed let me know i will cover it like i'll pay for it and then that was it we went our separate ways (laughs) You actually met a nice
1: person when you got rear-ended.
2: Have you ever scratched someone's car or your own car by accident? Because I know she was mentioning a story of scratching her friend's
1: car when she was, like, driving it. Have you ever done that? I haven't ever scratched anyone else's car. Have you scratched yours? But now that I think about it, I, I feel like... So the spot where we park right now in our driveway, in the front, is right against this pole. Well, it's not like a pole, but it's like a... What is that white uh, water pipe, right? That like pours the water The gutter out? pipe? Yeah, <laughs> the gutter pipe. The white water pipe? <laughs> the gutter pipe. So that's where always where like when you open the door, that's where it is. It's always right there. And I noticed that there's a little like white on my door handle. And I think that's from that because I used to always park there first. So there's a little bit of white on my handle. And I'm like, darn it, that's from that. <laughs> I didn't notice. I didn't know Your car's actually... lower. But I mean, it'll still hit it. Yeah. So that happened. My poor Rav.
2: But have you guys ever scratched your car? Whether it was your parents' car, your friend's car, or your car. Share it with us in the comments below or come chat with us in our Discord group and share your stories there. I personally... I feel like I freak out whenever I get into any situation, or like if even if someone did damage to my car, I freak yeah. out. I'm like, uh, what yeah. do I do?
1: Well, that was Nazarene's driving stories. If you or anyone you know has any crazy driving stories and would like to come on the show, fill out the interest form on our website at drivewithuspodcast.com. And be sure
2: to stay tuned until the end of this episode for a sneak peek of next week's episode. And again, come hang out with us on our Discord group or hang out with the other listeners. Thanks for driving with us. And now, a sneak peek.
0: I don't even know how I got there because it had gates. So I don't know why the gates were open. And I just need to turn around. And I don't understand what you're saying, sir. I, I don't, I don't like, I'm not going to wait here.
2: I'm not going to be locked in. I'm not going to wait for the cops. I don't want any of this. I just abort, abort.